Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. And I am S. Foster, and you are listening to Viewers Anonymous, man. How we feeling today, man? You was, you was under the weather the other day, man. I gotta ask, how you feeling today? Man, I'm still a little bit, still, uh, <laughs> motherfucker, still trying to hang in there, man. I've been blowing my nose and hocking up loogies and stuff all day, man. I've been to work the last two days, so kind of helped out because I have been moving around and picking stuff up and sweating, so. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I've been feeling a little bit better. I'm about to take the suit of when it's done. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be straight out like a light. You know what I'm saying? When all oh, this yeah. is over and done with. Uh, how, you, <laughs> how you holding up? Man, I'm holding up cool, man. I'm good. Um, you know, I appreciate you jumping on with the on the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, man. You and Casey, man, y'all. Y'all like Anytime. y'all gave life, y'all gave the heartbeat to that episode, man. Like I needed y'all to do that, man, because I was speaking to you before we started, and I was saying that I'm more well rounded in the in the movie and the film cinema stuff, and like I love music, but I'm not as knowledgeable as I am with this movie stuff. And you and Casey, man, y'all killed that shit. So I appreciate y'all jumping on the 28 minutes of last podcast. Anytime, man. That shit was fun as hell. <clears throat> I love talking music anyway, so anytime I get a chance to talk music, especially like old music, you know what I'm saying, like the origins and the roots and stuff, and talk about samples and that kind of stuff, I'm always down for that. Oh, yeah. Well, we, hey, we still got, we got round two, though. We got round two. That was part one. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So that was... We get to the good me. stuff. I can't wait to get to this. Oh, man. This is going to be wild. This is gonna be wild, and like that episode was pretty much two hours, and it's like, dude, I don't know how we gonna yeah. do this shit. Like, <laughs> like this is gonna be some Joe Button type shit. Oh my goodness, I can already hear it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But look, I am, I am so. This is why I'm excited for this episode, man. It's because, like I mentioned at the end of the last one, this was something that you've been wanting to do for months. And it's like, it's here. This is one of your favorites. And it's like, I, I'm here I'm here today for backup, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for backup. Yes. Yes. This is this is, this is going to be the official Scoots Bronson episode. Because like I told you, I always be feeling guilty, dude, because it'd be like, I'd be hitting you. I know when I text you uh, Monday, because I came up with an idea. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing I said was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, man, my brain, I like my brain be working, but and I be thinking about so much stuff, man, to be running 100 miles per hour. And it was like, I'm sorry, but I got another idea. And it was just like, yo, I shot it to you. You was cool with it or whatnot. But like, this is the Hell one. Yeah, man. Well, this is the one you've been wanting to do for a while, man. Like, bro, we got episodes all the way up until fucking January of next year. So. You know what I'm saying? Like, anytime somebody can bring that same energy that you're trying to bring to a podcast, like, especially on the creative side, like, you really don't even have, like, an idea just how how much better it is to do a, a podcast with somebody that's trying to match that energy level. You know what I'm saying? They, they okay. will set it for 
but <laughs> but it, you know what I'm saying it's just that same energy, bro. Like it's that shit is lovely, man. Like to to be able to you know what I'm saying you be doing something, you in the middle of doing something, and you get that that text like, bro, I got a great idea, and you shoot the idea, and you like, I'm sitting here reading it. I'm like, shit, hell yeah, let's do it. Like I told you, bro, there ain't nothing we can't do on this motherfucker. So you know what I'm saying I'm I'm willing to try and do whatever, man. There's so many ideas we got to run past and try. And I think we got some dope ideas coming up in the future um, with these next few episodes. I think we're going to knock some socks off with these episodes, man. Oh, yeah. That's that's the whole intentions, man. That is the whole intentions. Like, I'm here to entertain. I'm here to hopefully show people things. Or not necessarily show, but, like, enlighten people with things. Like, yo, I watched this movie and I didn't even notice that, like, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's one thing that I'm doing as far as me on my end when we're breaking down these films. Hell yeah, I agree, man. It's um there's been a bunch of stuff that you don't that you would say and talk about that I would have to go back and you know what I'm saying, revisit movies and, and find out shit myself. So, you know what I'm saying? You definitely got a, a, a vast knowledge of um, you know what I'm saying, a, a movie. Uh, information, and I think that's fire, man. But um, you know, so we got a rating. You know, said so our first rating on the podcast. Um, we got a, a five star rating. So salute to let me see, Art Grow. Um, it says insight and excitement. This is a fun show to listen to. These guys are passionate about film. I learn something new every time I listen. Keep it up. So salute to Art Grow, man. Thank you very very much for the rating. Uh, thank you for the comment as well. You know what I'm saying? We definitely appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? We do this for people like you. Hell yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, it's it's nice to be, you know, just somebody show a little bit of knowledge with me, man, because, like, it, sure. don't really, it don't really take that long to do it. And, you know, for somebody to, because a lot of times, you know, you hit that play and then you move on to the next one, you know, for somebody to listen to it. And it sounds like they've been listening to a few of them. So, mm-hmm. So to be able to listen to it and be like, yo, this time I'm, I'm going to shoot them a comment and let them know, like, yo, I appreciate what y'all are doing. Great insight, all that type stuff. Great to hear. So I appreciate that, man. Shout out to them, whoever they are out in the world. Yes, sir. So this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is um, this one is kind of near and dear to my heart, man. It's one of my favorite movies ever. One of the movies that um, when I first seen it, I had to actually replay the movie. I watched it twice in the same night, only because it was so good. Now, this is not a movie that you can just, you know, watch and then, you know, think you're going to watch again. It's a long movie. It's a very long movie. But I literally watched this movie back to back because when I first watched it, it caught my attention. I really wasn't paying too much attention at first, but then it kind of snagged me, like, towards the beginning. Well, not the, not necessarily in the beginning, but it's a little part in the beginning that kind of caught me. And then, like, after that, I was hooked to it. And then I had to go back and watch it again because it was some stuff that I missed. And, um, man, ever since then, it's just one of those movies when I'm trying to figure something out or if I'm trying to get creative or, you know what I'm saying, think about something or get my creative juices flowing, this is a movie that I, I sit down and watch only because the the plot of the movie is so creative. The twist in the movie is very creative. The storyline is creative. Um, it has a super dope cast. It has Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo, Ben Kingsley, 
Um, I'm trying to think who else is in it. Uh, is there anybody I'm missing? Uh, I think John Carroll Lynch deserves some 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 props, man. Because yeah. he he never he never be like the the main guy, the main character. Mm-hmm. But everything you play in, he always stands out. And Michelle Williams got a shout out, Michelle Williams as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has um it has a real good cast. Um, it was shot beautifully. But uh, the story of it to me is is what captivated me the most. And the uh, movie I'm talking about is Shutter Island. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's one of those movies that um, when you watch it, you gotta you gotta be paying attention at all times because if you miss one second of it, you can lose everything. You can forget everything. You you will get lost in in translation. So the movie starts off with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Mark Ruffalo. They're on the boat, and um, they're talking to one another. And it assumes, I mean, you assume that they're both deputies. They both got badges. Um, you assume that they're from, like, Boston or whatever, some place, like, in, in New England or something like that. And they're on a boat. They're heading to this place. We don't really know where they're headed to. But um, it's, like, weird scenes in between the, the whole interaction. One of the scenes is like Leonardo DiCaprio is walking around and then like as he's walking around, there are uh, like other people from, um, they're like cops or something on the boat or whatever. And they're like clenching their guns or like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're tightening up when he's walking around and he goes to throw up. After he goes to throw up, he comes back, he's talking to Mark Ruffalo and then the camera pans out the next thing you know, uh, um, you know, so they're they're going into this big island, what looks like a, uh, you know, so it looks like a, a jail or a prison, but what it happens to be is a mental facility, and so when they're in this mental facility, they go and they meet the um, the warden of the facility or or the director of the facility, and then you know they're getting to talk to them, but the whole time they're all walking around you see all of the police officers or all of the, um, what do they call them? They're not police officers. They, um, they, uh, you would, ah, man, what would be the term? Correction that officers. would be, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. More, yeah, more correct. So like the, the corrections officers. Yeah. The correctional officers on the, on the, um, on the, on the land is basically just like, I don't know. They, they kind of acting weird. Now this is the, this is the first thing I noticed when I first watched this movie. Same here. This is the Same first here. thing that threw me off. That was the first thing that threw me off too, because when they get when they when they boarded and they got off the dock and like all of these cops, like they kept surrounding like them and like they supposed to be um working for like the US government. And it's like, why are they surrounding them the way they surrounding them? And so he went up to uh De- Deputy McPherson and he's like, yo, like your men are on edge, aren't they? He was like, yeah, you know, things have been kind of, you know, crazy the last couple of days or whatnot. And he was like talking about the storm was coming. So he's like, people was on edge because the storm was coming. But I noticed that too. I'm glad you mentioned it because I thought that that was very telling, but I didn't know why they was on edge the way that they were. Yeah, so they're they're supposed to be here, uh, or they're supposed to be at the mental institution for um, a special case. They're supposed to be looking for um 
I forget his name. Um, well, they were looking for Rachel because uh, the Rachel was missing two people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they're looking for they're looking for the person. Uh, they're looking for the man too. The man too. Who so the... hold on, I'm gonna I, I give you his name, but um. So Rachel, like you said, Rachel is the missing missing patient, and that I guess they're supposed to be trying to find her um, on the island. And then while they're on the island, there they start doing some questioning and some interrogation. Um, and then they get they get to the point to where you know what I'm saying like they're doing one on ones with the people in the facilities, and they get to. Um, I'm, I'm trying to give a short synopsis so we can really get into it because I, w- I really want to just talk about it more so than just break down the movie. But yeah. um, they end up they end up also looking not just for Rachel, but they're looking for another in or I don't want to say inmate, but another um, patient patient while they're there. Yeah, patient. So they're looking for another patient while they're there, and then um, they end up doing the one-on-ones with some of the patients and then they end up getting access to one of the uh one of the buildings that are locked off and this is like the most dangerous building on the on the island because this is where all of the murderers and all those guys are they get access to that building and then leonardo DiCaprio he starts having visions when he's going to sleep he starts seeing his wife and his kids you know since his kids are dead his wife is dead they lay down by like a pond or something in the yard. And then like, he just, he keeps seeing his vision. He keeps reliving his vision. And then he, um, they find some little area like by the beach or whatever. And then they go into like this little cave or something like that. And then he ends up talking to a patient that he thinks is the Rachel lady, which just so happens to be a figment of his imagination. And then, um, Fast forward, basically fast forward to the end, he ends up finding out that the person that he was looking for the whole time was himself and uh, and everything that they was doing was in like a role play. It was like conversion therapy, basically. They were trying to see that if he thought that he was somebody else, could he come to the realization of him basically murdering his family? So that's pretty much a, a small synopsis of... Um, what Shutter Island is about. It's a it's a lot more detailed if you watch it, of course. But um I just wanted to have the conversation of <clears throat> excuse me, how how it kind of made you feel personally because you know I know you really big in the movies and I know you, you know, like a movie like this, I, I know you into like Inception and all those movies that actually make you use your brain and, and make you think. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to kind of get a um a glimpse of where you were when you start watching it. Uh fir- first thing it the first thing that made me well what caught my attention was and it's crazy because Ben Kingsley is in this other movie as well called Stonehurst mm-hmm. Asylum. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. It came out 2014. Mm-hmm. Like it it gave me that kind of feel because like that film ended up being long story short, like um Kate Beckinsale, she ended up going into that uh, asylum or whatnot. And so she's talking to these people that were supposed to be the doctors. What ended up happening is the patients took over the asylum. Oh, shit. So that's basically what it was in, in a nutshell. 
And like Ben Kingsley, like Ben Kingsley was like playing like the doctor person. Like he was supposed okay. to be the psychiatrist. Now <laughs> and come to find out he's a damn patient. <laughs> and they just took over the whole damn thing. And he just like, <laughs> but anyway, it reminded me of that. But my thing is first and foremost, like the mental health. Like that's the most important thing about this film is the, the mental health part of it. And then coping with what you've done and so what he would do was this dude like created a whole nother person created all these new people and he ended up because his name was teddy daniels but he was teddy daniels that's that was the name that he was supposed to be that's the person he was looking for and they they changed his name to like lieutenant something it was god what was his name i forgot what his name was what what he thought his name was, right. and what what he ended up, if you descramble the letters, like that's what his name was in the film, mm-hmm. but he was actually Teddy Daniels, and because it was, what made me think was the whole thing of, because what I didn't know was the whole time, like was the whole movie. A dream, or was they actually putting in this fourth effort for one patient to damn? That's the same. That's the same thing I thought in the beginning too. Yeah, because I'm like, because one, because once, but this is the thing. Like, I still don't know because why would they put forth that type of effort for one person that's been there for I think they said eighteen months. Why would they put forth this much effort to put this man on a boat, you know, have him come there, and then have his one doctor who Mark Ruffalo end up being Chuck, and Chuck end up being his doctor the whole time? Because I remember when, when he went into that cave and talked to the one lady that says that she was a former nurse. No, no, not nurse, nurse. He called her a nurse. She was like, no, I was a doctor. And mm-hmm. to talk to that one doctor in that cave, and she's like, oh, so you think you're getting off this island? And she was like, why you think that? She's like, have you been by yourself or something like that? And then, they, then he realized that every time he turned around, like, yeah, like, Chuck was right there. Like, he, he never was, like, mm-hmm. by himself. And so, like, she got him to start thinking, and, like, him and Chuck had got into this little thing where he was saying, you know, I need to get to the lighthouse. He was like, no, I'm going by myself, you know, and it was because he talked to that one lady. Uh-huh. And like, a lot of my takeaway is, and I'm still really kind of confused, like, was he in that bed the whole time and he was just screaming <clears throat> that whole thing? Nope. Or was they really putting that that much effort into a person who ended up killing his wife because his wife killed his three kids before he got home from work. And they were saying that he was the most dangerous patient, but I think that they were saying that he was dangerous because the simple fact of he was like a U.S. Marshal or some kind of shit. Like he was, he he Uh had an important position in life and for him to shoot his wife, like I don't think they were saying that he was dangerous in like a violent kind of way. I think that they were saying he was dangerous because of what his his mind was capable of of doing. Yeah. Which yeah. Like 
I don't know if you with me on that because I because really all he did was shoot his wife. Like he didn't like well, chop her up. Okay, and, like, so you know what I'm saying? this is the this is the fire part about this movie, right? This movie leaves a lot. Well, not a lot, but this movie leaves certain things up to perspective. So what I always thought was, I never thought that his wife, even though I know they showed it and everything, I never thought his wife killed the kids. I thought that he came home and killed the kids and then killed his wife. Because remember, it's certain certain aspects in that movie to where he is, he's drowning them. And then it switch up to her drowning them. So it's it kind of flipped on and off. And then on top of that, the um the the, the name I'm thinking of is the uh the Andrew Latis. That's that was supposed to be the name, Andrew Latis. Yeah. But um remember that the lady that, that they're looking for is Rachel, right? Mm-hmm. So Rachel is his daughter. Now notice. This is this is also why I say I think he killed the kids. Because if you notice, he's never looking for his son. He never looks for his son. He's never talking about his son throughout this whole thing. So um Rachel is the name of his daughter. So that's why I think that he ends up killing that he ends up killing the kids and he ends up killing the wife. Because he has this huge affixation on Rachel. Yeah, and I wonder why they always, when when it came to the one daughter, like they would always show her, uh-huh. and would never show the other daughter. Uh-huh. And even even when even when at the end when he envisioned when he started to figure out that he was Teddy when he shot his wife. Mm-hmm. He was like rubbing the feet of only one of the daughters. See what I'm saying? And it was like he had this fixation with just one of his kids, which was kind of weird. Which I, I never really, I never really understood why he was so enamored with just one of them. And not that he didn't love the other ones too, but it was just like it was just really weird. And like throughout the film, they would show her and they would show his wife, mm-hmm. and he would you know keep saying how he couldn't let her go. And all of this type of stuff. So, I mean, I see what you're saying because my thing is, it seems like it's leaving it open, like Inception did. Like, yeah, you can you can do a poll with people and ask, what do you think? Do you think when he got off the plane and went home and saw his kids, do you think that was real or do you think that was a dream? Right. And I, and I think it would be split. And I think that this is kind of the same thing because, like, I don't really know. And that really never crossed my mind until you said it that the whole time that he was the one who killed the kids. Because mm-hmm. my thing was, when it came to that last scene, his wife was acting really weird. Yeah. And, like, she was like, hey, like, like, like let's go. And he was like, well, like, where's the kids? You know, and it, it just seems like from my interpretation of it was, she was overwhelmed with these kids. Mm-hmm. And she got to a point where she couldn't take care of them and like she had something mental going on with her. So she was like, well, the best way to get over this mental state that I'm in, I got to get rid of these kids. And I'm guessing she would think that he would understand for some odd reason that he would understand why I killed them. Like, 
I don't know, dude. It, it leaves it kind of open, but I never thought of that. See, and that's so. So my my interpretation of that scene, right? When, when he goes, "Where are the kids?" I think he's bipolar, so I think that's why it's so easy for him to switch in and out of Teddy and Andrew Lavis. So, <coughs> excuse me. And so when he's when he's like doing this whole thing of being the U.S. Marshal. And then he wakes up and he doesn't realize that he's a U.S. Marshal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's him being bipolar because when she's when she's saying, like, come on, let's go. I think that she's doing that because she realizes that he's snapping out. And so for her not to be next, I think she's trying to do it the way she's trying to get him somewhere to they can get some help. But that, that was just the way I took it. Oh, because shit. to me, it it just didn't make any sense for him to only kill his wife, and then he's in a mental a mental a mental institution just off of killing his wife. Like that didn't make any sense to me. So my whole thing was like either he has some type of disorder, or there's something that happened to him to where now he's believing that he's a a U.S. marshal. Well, I mean, he was one. <laughs> but I'm saying like for him to still believe that he still is and not realize that he's in a mental institution because so, remember yeah. at the end remember at the end when they were sitting on the steps and he gave him a cigarette and he started talking to him and as soon as he said something to him and he says they still they still don't they still don't know Mark Ruffalo looked at Ben Kingsley and shook his head no and Ben Kingsley walked off yeah that that was very important because like like the whole breakout scene was they was like they wanted him to admit because his doctor was saying Ben Kingsley was like you have created this whole mm-hmm. illusion so you won't accept being Teddy Daniels because you know Teddy Daniels killed and I think he did say he killed his wife and kids so your thing is right like I think that last. And no, I think Andrew, Latis, Andrew Latis was the one who killed him. He was he was originally Andrew Latis. Yeah, he he turned into Teddy Daniels. Okay, and so he was trying to get him. Damn! Now that you say that shit, see what I'm saying? Yeah, that shit remind me of motherfucking identity. You remember identity? You ever seen that shit? Uh-huh. John Cusack. Um, Amanda Peak. Um, who I else? Was if shit? I if I see it, I probably, I probably Ray Liotta. He was in that shit. Basically, basically, what it was was identity was like it was all these people. Like it was just one mental patient. Mm-hmm. He had like seven personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And what they was trying to do was because he was committed because he committed a crime mm-hmm. and. They figured this one doctor figured if we can get him to kill the one personality that is the killer, then he'll be yeah, cured. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it no more. Yeah. yeah, and um, so they all played it out, and it, I mean it's a really good movie, but like it reminded me of that. So it's like if so if he gets rid of like that one violent person that's mm-hmm. in him, then I think that they feel that they could cure him. And that scene was very powerful because once he got out of that bed, he was like, yes, I am Ted Andrew Lady. He kept saying, I'm Andrew Lady. 
So, but the person that wanted him to be was Teddy, right? Mm-hmm. So they was like, who are you? So he was like, you know, I'm Teddy Daniels, no, 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 all this type of stuff. I killed my wife and killed my kid. And they were like, look, we've been working on this for nine months and you regressed and you went back. And so they thought that because he admitted like who he was and he was sitting on the, on the bench with Chuck and he's like, he was like, uh, man, what did he say? He said something. And like you said, he, he, he put his head down and he, he looked. When he, when he sat down, when he sat down, they did it. It was supposed to be a test. So when he sat down next to him, Mark Ruffalo character said, so how we feeling, boss? And then that's when Caprio, he responded, they still don't know. And then that's when he looked at him and shook his head like, nah, that's, it, this motherfucker still think that he get the goddamn marshal. Yeah. And like, dude, and that, that just tells you like how creative like these type of people minds are. Like, mm-hmm. because like now that you say that, I never, I never, it never even crossed my mind to think that he was bipolar. And like what that does to me, like it just, like I told you, like the way my brain works is really weird. And it's like now all I can think about is like identity and like what happened in identity was like every person that he created, all of them had a state name. Like one mm-hmm. person's last name was York. Another person, you know, name was, you know, I, I forget what it was, but it was a whole bunch of, like, so he created all of these names yeah. of states and like he created this whole story where all these people got stuck at this hotel and like what they was trying to tell him was to kill that one bad person. But what they did was they mixed it up with, they had two people that was criminals that broke out mm-hmm. of prison and one guy was playing a cop but he actually was uh, a prisoner and he was um, pretending to be Capture well to keep tabs on his one prisoner. So the illusion is one of these prisoners dudes is the bad person. Is is the bad yeah. personality? What I, it turned out to be, it turned out to be the damn kid, the most innocent person in the whole thing. He ended up being the killer and the bad person. So they didn't even kill the bad person. And it's mm-hmm. like that's what reminds me of this because like I I didn't even think about it being a situation where he was just really bipolar. I was just thinking that I don't know why that never crossed my mind. Because and, if you look I, at the way, if you look at the way it's shot, like especially in the on the part where you say where where are the kids, it seems as if he's entering the house, right? Because mm-hmm. he's putting down the keys, he got his jacket folded in his arms or whatever. But if you <laughs> if you think about it. She's walking towards the house when he's coming in the house in one shot. And then it's a whole nother shot where she's just sitting next to him outside. So what you're saying is he his brain switched over to the other guy and she knew it. And she was like, oh shit. Well, I don't think she knew it. I think I think what happened, what happened was. For her safety, she was just trying to get him somewhere to where... Because, I mean, like, if you just going to call the cops in that moment after you just seen the motherfucker kill your kids, it's like, nah, I'm not going to call the cops because this motherfucker might be trying to kill me. So let me convince him. Because I'm sure she kind of knew something was wrong with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
but I think that in her head, she was like, let me get him somewhere. And I'm just, this is just off of speculation, but I'm just saying like, I'm thinking that she's probably thinking, let me get him somewhere so I can get help and I can get him some help. Because if not, then everybody's going to die. Because yeah. remember, remember they, they were, they had an argument before he even left. He was talking about that they, they weren't on good terms before he left. And we don't know how long he was gone. We don't know where he went. We don't know none of this shit. We just know that supposedly he left and came back and the kid's dead. And then he supposedly killed her. Damn. I, I never thought about it that way. You see what I'm saying? I never thought about so, that way. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought so about it that way. Like it's, that is, it's, that's why I said, to me, movies like this are great because especially if you you know what I'm saying? Like, if you went to those type of movies with speculation, like you brought up Inception, how at the end of Inception, we still don't know if he was in reality or if he was in a dream. You know what I'm saying? We we remember the one scene in Inception where he called the mother and was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? How are the kids? Well, he was talking to her, and I think he was trying to figure out about the kids. And then she was just saying, like, was she telling him to stay home or no, stay away or something like that? It was like, well, she didn't really want to talk to him. <laughs> It was more yeah. like um, because like they put the, she put the kids on, and it was like, Dad, when are you coming back? And he was like, I don't know. And then they were like, Where's mom? He was like, Remember, I talked to you about this. Like, mom is gone. And that's mm-hmm. when the grandma was like, Hang up the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause mm-hmm. I think, you know, the grandma didn't really want to talk about her daughter being dead or whatnot. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, like it, it seems like they they left it open for you to figure out. But like. But it made it make sense because it was like, why were they so protective on not like letting these, you know, marshals in on all the stuff? It was like they kept putting hopes on the investigation. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, why would they do that? Like if, if you bring in outside help to help mm-hmm. you solve a case, why would you not give them access to everything? Exactly. So now it make it make a lot of sense. When they got into the, when they got into, I think it was what building D or building B or something like that, with the with the the, um, it was supposed to be the violent building. When they got in there, and they start moving around and and getting around, it was that one scene where um, where he was walking through and the uh, and the guy was looking at him funny. And he mm-hmm. was trying to figure out, like, yo, how the fuck did you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck is you walking around free and I'm still, like, what the fuck is going Because remember, all the, all, the different, all the different people in that building was like, they was kind of looking like, yo, is this motherfucker really just walking around free? Like, what the fuck is going on? So that's, what, that's another thing that kind of put me on alert, too. Like, okay, I'm starting to see, like, Something ain't right with this whole story because the way that they play it off and like the way that they the way that they introduce you to the film, like you have no idea that this motherfucker is a patient. You you legit think like that they out like either they sit them there and then they trying to change it around to get them or something because the way that they even twisted it around to have him and Mark Ruffalo going back to back was that was crazy. Yeah, and like what what. What made me knew something was off, especially the first time that I seen it, was when he went and talked to George, like down in that cell. Mm-hmm. 
And like just the way that George was talking to him, and it was just like, yo, like they know each other. Like something's something's off. Yeah. And it, it was, was too like, it was too much familiarity. Yeah, way too much. Because even 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 he was looking at him like I know you and like what are you doing here and all this type of stuff. So I'm like, something, something's going on. And then that doctor ended up telling him. You know, in that in that last scene where he's like, like you was the one who did that to George, because he mm-hmm. called you Teddy, and you trying to erase being Teddy so you get straight violent when somebody call you that because you want to be known as, you know, the latest guy, or whatever mm-hmm. this, this person that you just, you know, made up, and yeah. um, we're well, not made up, but like that's like basically his other like personality, and. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, like, that's why a lot of the times, especially on the Stolen Time podcast, like, you know, as far as, like, mental health, like, people have to understand, like, this stuff is real. And, like, if people yeah. don't get, like, the necessary help that they need and we need to actually get people that can handle these type people, like, I'm not trying to turn it into that type of conversation, but, like, you know, cops always tell you they're not social workers. So, right. We need to start having people at least to have a social worker's degree or something like that to where there is a mental health situation. We can get the right people to handle these type of situations because as you can see, like especially like when you're talking about like this kind of movie, there was nothing his wife would do. Like she was in a helpless position. If your theory is what really yeah. happened. Like, what is she going to do? Because she's fearing for her life as well. Because she's like, if he does that exactly. to the kids, he could do that to me easy. And I think that mm-hmm. what he did to take the guilt off of himself of being the other person, because he, I'm guessing he was latest when he killed the kids, and then he turned into Teddy, and she realized mm-hmm. that, okay, well, he's not the other person. He's actually you know, the person that I married or whatever. Yeah. Whatnot. Let me try yeah. to get him out of here before he turns into this latest guy and kill me. And get me next. So, yep. so basically, I think what ended up happening, latest killed the kids. Teddy killed his mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. That's, see, that's what I'm saying. Like that to me that to me that makes a lot more sense because now it would it would make sense as to why he doesn't know what happened to the kids or he think that his wife killed the kids and then he kills his wife and now he ends up in the, cause to me, I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then why wasn't he just in a regular ass prison? You know what I'm saying? Like the, the way that, the way that they had set it up, it was just odd as fuck to me. Like why the fuck would he be in, uh, why would they be at a, a mental facility? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. One thing that um you you had talked about that I think that was that's very important is they do make a uh, uh emphasis or excuse me they do make an emphasis on the awareness of mental health and I think that when you watch this movie you you kind of get the understanding that even though you know, we, we really didn't understand or really know what his diagnosis was. You still kind of seen that he was going through something. 
but you also seen the different stages and the different symptoms of different people throughout that whole movie. And you've seen how it was, <coughs> excuse me, you've seen how it was a basic, like basically a, a, a place that was structured and designed to quote unquote help these people. When in actuality, I think that what they were doing really wasn't helping. I think that this was a way to put these people in a prison-like environment and keep them in that prison-like environment because it never seemed as if the people that were there were like really getting help. Like yeah. you said, it, it just seemed like they were focused on this one guy. And so when we, you know, says so we sitting here and we watching this dude go through this fantasy of being a, a marshal with a partner and you know him doing all these other things even then it kind of seemed negligent because it's like yeah he was you know saying they're trying to they're trying to work something out to where he can eventually realize who he is but at the same time it's like the way that the guards are the way that you know saying other patients are like it just didn't seem safe to me it didn't seem like they were really too worried about his well-being. They were more so just trying to get results and trying to figure out if this experiment is going to work. That way it can be done on, you know what I'm saying, other people or whatever. Because I believe like at the end when Ben Kingsley was, um, I mean, when Ruffalo shook his head, no, at Kingsley, he was like talking to uh, another guy or whatever. And there was a group of them and they just walked off after he said no. And then, like, it just—I I don't know—it just—it was just so weird to see that this would be um, that this would be a, a way to help somebody in in trying to not only just figure out what what the truth is that happened because it seemed like they didn't even know what happened in the murder, but it just—it was a weird kind of way to basically help somebody with with a mental illness yeah the role play yeah like, that's basically, like why would you role play to help somebody right and that's why i think that it was the whole time i think that he was in that bed but what i don't understand was was he when he was laying in that bed was he talking out what was going on you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. how do they know what he was doing and what he was talking about and if he switched over, if he not, so that was kind of weird. So now that I now that I'm really really thinking about it, I think that they never played it out. I think that he was really kind of playing that stuff out through his head. Yeah, he was this, this detective trying to solve this case of, of finding Rachel. And the thing with Martin Scorsese is because I was thinking, I was like, Nah, now nah, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen all of martin movie he has a ton of movies you yeah. know I, I've, I've seen like the one that i more i guess closely relate to but he done something similar uh -huh. not well put it this way he's done something in the mental health field with taxi uh -huh. driver yeah taxi driver robert de niro was a, was a complete nut like he yeah. he really had mental issues in that movie and he done that movie back in 76. Right. So I think that 
I don't know if there's someone that's close to him that has mental issues or if it's just something that he's want to make it something for people to be more real aware of it. But I thought that it was genius to do this type of movie the way that he did. Because like I said, it gives you that that sense of you you're watching it why it's playing out and because what I find myself doing is when I'm watching it you're trying to figure out like the next step like he he yeah. kept you he kept you guessing like throughout the whole thing and it's like you're trying to because like the thing with movies is a lot of people like just I was about to say simple minded I don't want to call them simple minded but like just people that just watch movies to simply just to be entertained like mm-hmm. They're they're just watching it, and it's not they're not really catching like the gems that like somebody like me and you when we watching it, we're we're looking out for those those little bitty gems, those little bitty nuggets, and we're trying to figure out what it is. But it really kept you guessing, and I think that Taxi Driver was the same way. And see, I never, I didn't watch Taxi Driver till like a year, like a year and a half ago, because like I was listening to uh, some podcast and it was talking about Martin Scorsese. It was when it was when the Irishman came out. When the yeah. Irishman came out, like somebody was talking about that and they started talking about how good Taxi Driver was. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is like the third or fourth time I've heard this. So I went back and I watched Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, like this motherfucker is crazy. And like, so for him to do this movie, because I think this was what, 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, 2010. Yeah. So this was 2010. So for him to revisit this, like I said, he could have done it before and it just could have been a movie that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But that dude, Mark Scorsese, is a genius, man. Yeah, man. I mean, for him to... <coughs> excuse me. For him to come up with this storyline and for the way it played out... <clears throat> I'm trying to hold this coffee in. But for for the way it played out was it was great because like once again you you never really understood who Leonardo Di, uh, DiCaprio's character was <coughs> excuse me until the end of the movie like mm-hmm. you you may have had like a little you may have had like a a, a little idea. But even then, that idea was thrown off when he went to go talk to the to the doctor lady in the cave, and she was like, "Yo, you know what I'm saying? Something going on because you know if you notice, you know every time you know you're doing something, it's a, it's a motherfucker around you. So you know it's, it's either your boy or it's either a security guard or something, but they'll never let you alone on this motherfucker. Why is that? And so now you're looking at it like, oh, they setting them up." Oh, I think I think they're gonna get him. So and then, and then she kept saying you're not getting off this island. Mm-hmm. So it was it's always some it's always like once you think you got it, it's a wrench that gets thrown into your whole uh system. <coughs> Excuse me, it's a wrench that gets thrown into your whole system. And now you gotta rethink everything else from the beginning to now. So now you gotta look at stuff a whole nother way because the way you thought it was, it ain't nothing like that. And so that's why I said, like, at the end, actually thinking about everything and 
kind of paying attention to like the little small details. Like that's why I said he had to have some type of mental disorder, like bipolar disorder or something like that, that would basically be a a way for him to kill the kids and kill her, but for him not to realize that he killed one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it, it was just something. It's it just something that didn't sit right with me because, like, the way he, the way it was all played out. Like, cause I, I remember like when he came in and he seen the kids laying there, he just was like at a loss for words and he was just staring at her. He was yelling at her, but it was like it didn't seem like he was gonna kill her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like he just. I guess in that mo- in that moment when they were showing it, like it didn't seem like he was like getting angry to kill her. It to me it was more like he was looking at her like a monster. So to find out that he killed her, it was just like, okay, something ain't right. I I tell you something, another thing that made me question some stuff in the in the middle of the film. So they was looking for Rachel and they was having like the doctors was all having these meetings because him and Chuck had got stuck in this. I don't know what you call this thing. Like they got stuck in some building. The storm was really yeah. bad. So all their clothes got wet. So they ended up putting on the same uniforms that the people that worked like the people that, oh man, well, they had these all white uniforms yeah. and the patients were all great. So they had these all white uniforms on. They went into this meeting that these doctors was having. And so oh, when he busted in the meeting, yep. Yeah, and he had said something and they was like, oh, you haven't heard? And like, we found Rachel. Mm-hmm. So they go to interrogate Rachel and like she's telling this story. And then all of a sudden, she switches up and she knows who he is. And like she gives him this hug. Yeah. And then she switches up again. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what is going on? Like it was it was just weird. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out she ended up being one of his nurses at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it made me go back to that scene and it's like, now now that you said what you said, dude, like I think it was that the whole time. I think that it, it was never a situation where they was basically role playing to fix this one patient. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that even even like when they first got off the uh, the boat and then like they was walking into the building and this one lady was like giving him the, the shish sign. And mm-hmm. it's like when he first got in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it is was that was like an old memory of like these people know who he is because he's a patient in there with them. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that those was those little bitty nuggets that's telling you, like, yo, like, be on the lookout. You know what I'm saying? Because there's something, there's something in your face that you don't see yet. Yep. And it's like they kept giving you like little nuggets throughout the film. And then once the whole twist come and you figure it out, and you and then you go back and you think of all these other situations. That's why they was doing this. This is why this person was acting the way towards them. This is why George was acting yeah. this way. This is why the, the, the one Rachel was acting this way. This is why the lady in the cave was saying what she was saying. Like everything 
not not the everything because for me obviously because I'm learning more now talking to you about it not that everything made sense but it put some stuff in perspective yeah as far as those little bitty nuggets that was putting throughout the film yeah man I mean it's just it's just one of those movies that like I said man the, the storyline is amazing the plot is amazing. The plot twist was even more amazing to find out, like, that this dude has basically been a part of this uh, system, <coughs> excuse me, this system the whole time. And he's basically a patient here. And they're using some sort of weird conversion therapy to basically kind of either cure him or kind or, or trying to get him to admit his guilt in this murder and so and that's another thing that that kind of threw me off because I'm like if he's at a if he's at a a mental uh, facility and they're trying to get him to admit murder on his wife right uh-huh. then as a if you know what I'm saying him being a, a marshal he could have easily just said, like, well, she started killing my kids, and then I just said it was I just basically was like in self-defense of my kids. Like it was so many, it was so many ways that you could just kind of look at that that whole scenario. And that's why I was just like, nah, man, he he had to be the killer. He had to have killed both of them. And I think the the thing was is that he killed Rachel last. That's why they were so adamant about Rachel. I think Rachel was the last one that he ended up killing. So I mean that's just that's just that's just me. Um so, if you so guys you haven't think, seen this, go ahead. Okay, so you think okay, okay. So hold on right quick. Let me get this mm-hmm. right. Now his wife's name was Dolores. Yep. So you think that he killed another person besides his wife, Dolores, and three kids. You think that he killed Rachel, and that's why he's doing this? No, his the daughter, the daughter that you know, what I'm saying he was so affectionate towards, right? Oh, oh you think the, oh the daughter was Rachel? Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. So I think he killed her last, and I think that's why that they were so focused on the the character that they looking for being named Rachel. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole bunch of stuff because remember at the um at the end of it when he had all the names and stuff wrote, written on the board, they all anagrams. All the names are anagrams and then some of them are anagrams, some of them are the names of his children, but they basically all anagrams of everybody involved in the murder, including him. So basically uh Teddy Daniels is really it's really Edward Daniels who he's supposed to be because Teddy's supposed to be like his nickname. So it's Edward Daniels, which is an anagram for Angie Latis. And then I forgot what the, the other one was. Dolores something was the anagram. And it was like, it was, all of it was just basically the name switched around. And he made up names based off of their names. And so that's why I was saying like the, the Edward, the Teddy Daniels character is something that he created. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, or I mean, not something he created. The Andrew Latest character was something that he created was to basically say that this is the person that killed his family. And that's what, that's another reason why I say he had to be bipolar because 
they, nobody nobody had any record of Andrew Latest or none of that because even Ben Kingsley said it at the end. He was like, there's no record of Andrew Latest. Nobody knows who this Andrew Latest person is except for you. You're the only person that said something about Andrew Latest. And now we find we come to find out that that's an anagram for your name. So okay. it was crazy, man. I mean, it was a dope ass movie though. Just the way that the way that they broke everything down and then the way that like I said, it was it was so many twists and turns in the movie to where it was one of those things, man, you had to pay attention. There was no way you couldn't pay attention to every second of this movie and still understand what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's one of those films where it does it to you. And like now, like what that does is it just it just opened my eyes to like as far as an asylum movie, it reminds mm-hmm. me of Stonehurst Stonehurst uh asylum. And but the whole concept of what you opened me up to today. It's like all I can think of now is like identity, and it's like, what are they gonna do? Like, my thing is, is it that that they don't know what really happened? So I wonder, is it not necessarily just trying to cure him, but just also trying to get the official story? I think that's what it is too. Yeah, I think that's what it is too. Because like, I am like. Like, dude, now, now I'm like all confused now. Yeah, I mean, because it, it that's what once again, man, it, it's just one of those things that it will make you do that. Like, no matter what what happens, no matter how many times you watch it, like the more you watch it, the more confused you'll get. But not like confused in a bad way. <laughs> Excuse me. You just start coming up with so many more scenarios in your head. Like, well, maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. And it's just the more and more you watch it, the the more of an understanding you'll get, but the more of a confusing you'll get along with that understanding. If that makes any kind of sense. It 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 does, it does. And then also like like I said, like I, I couldn't come up with it never crossed my mind that, that he was bipolar. Right. Which I don't understand why that it never did, but just from off of what you were saying, like mm-hmm. now it's like, oh shit, like I, I did not think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And like what it does is like you said, it just it just open it just open you up to more things. Yep. So that's wild, dude. Like that's why I yeah, say like man. you was you was you was you was on your shit on that. I mean, and then again, man, this it just goes as a testament, man, just to just of how great Scorsese is, like for him to come up with this and and it I mean is the 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 cast alone makes it what it is, but just the fact that Scorsese is behind it, it makes it that much better. Because now you know that the all those small intricacies and all those small nuggets that, you know, so you gotta go back and watch it for, you know why they're in there the way that they're in there is because of Scorsese. You know that he's gonna give you something that you're going to have to watch three or four or five times just to make sure you get in the complete picture. And I mean, it's just, it's just another testament to his greatness, man. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Like he, he, and then, like I say, he, he got that, that appetite thing going on, but like also Quentin Tarantino does it as well. Like it's, it's yep. something that I think that when, when you work with the person and you get the, the you know what I'm saying? 
you know how they work, and then mm-hmm. also they know what you want out of the film. So like, there's not that much talking. There's not that much. It's not even really. Uh, I don't even think there's really when it comes to the the main characters. I don't think there are really auditions. I think they're oh. more of okay. I read this script up. This fit Leo. Mm-hmm. So let me call Leo and pitch him this idea. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, who else he used? Rob De Niro. Yo, I, I got this idea, and he shoot it to him. I think it's yep. more that. I don't really think it's a whole thing of like, hey, I need you to come in and audition for this part. I think it's, yo, I got this idea of this film that I want to do. He hit them up. They agreed to do it, and I think that they just trust him just as much as he trusts those people that he keep doing these films with. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't blame them because, like, those are one of those type things where, because you could look at it like, oh, man, every time you turn around, like, you, you just hiring your friends. But, yeah. like, at the same time, it's like, yo, when, when you when you get a relationship with somebody and y'all put together these films that are groundbreaking, it's like, yo, let's do that shit again. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why would I go out and hire somebody else just to, you know what I'm saying, to make it fair. It's like, yo, me and this dude got a relationship. This is how we do. You know, like Quentin Tarantino, him and Sam, they do a lot of shit together. Yeah. They got a relationship. And like yeah. they, they know what they want out of each other. So, like, some people could be mad at it. Like, I was never mad at Judd Apatow for always using Seth Rogen and um, uh, Paul Rudd. It's just, they just fit together. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it, it's just, and and to even further your point, like, why would you mess? Why would you mess up a good thing? You know what I'm saying? Every time that they work together, it's 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 a masterpiece. It's art. It's gold. So why risk that? Because you know you want to get a new face in there here and there. Like, nah, let's let's continue this. You know, let's continue this. And I and I think you know what I'm saying. You are right when you say that when they write up these stories, like they're writing them up for specific actors. I mean, at this point at Martin Scorsese, I mean, why couldn't he, you know what I'm saying, be able to do that? I mean, I'm sure like when he sat down and wrote The Irishman, like he had those three in mind. He was like, yo, let me make sure that I got these guys in this movie together. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm gonna get you on that one, man. Um, Fire Flame Time, brother. Okay, who's it on? Oh, oh man, shit. I'm, I'm gonna this take the me. reins on this one. Oh, well, you go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take the reins on this one, man. Let me tell you something. Um, I have nothing bad to say about this movie at all. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the cast is amazing. The director is amazing. The the story is amazing. The writing in this movie is amazing. Um, the the plot twist is fire. Uh, everything about this movie is dope as hell. Everything about this movie is is, is amazing. I, I watched this movie. I don't know how many times. It's just it's one of those movies. Like I said, when I'm trying to get my mind right, I I throw this on and just sit back, watch a little bit of it, and then my creative juices get the flow. So for me, it's an easy five out of five. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> With with learning new information today, um, that's the great thing about 
you know, working with you because like it gives me that different point of view of a movie and because I didn't watch it in that way. Now, I'm not as high on the film as you are, but that's also a reason of being like, I seen Shutter Island a couple of years ago and it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, it's cool. And then I watched it again. And like I say, you pick up on stuff that you didn't pick up the first time around. And I think that the cast was 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 great. Uh, I think Mark and Leo, they they well Leo. I mean, a lot of people already consider him an old legend now. Mark is really on his way, um, and it, it's crazy to see Ben Kingsley in this because it's like like I said, he's in that uh, uh, that Stonehurst um, asylum. Like this <laughs> is crazy mm-hmm. that he playing this shit. But like I like him as well. Um. It was good. It's a Martin film. As far as Martin films, I wouldn't put this one as high. Um, okay. But for me, uh, don't stab me when you see me, but I'm probably going to give it more like a 3.5. It, hey, that's it's still not, good to me. It's not, it's not that there's anything. That, it's not that it's... The film is great in this film like all that stuff is good. Mm-hmm. It's not that I give it a three point five because there's criticism. It's more of there's still so much out there. Yeah, and it's so yeah. much that I still don't know. Because like I said, you just opened me up to a whole new thing. It's now it's like shit. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch this shit again because now I have to look at it as in a sense of oh shit, was it the whole time that he was just bipolar? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like. There are open holes in my story now. So yeah. it's more of a 3.5 because it's shit. There was some shit that I missed that you put me on to today. So that's the mm-hmm. great thing about having two heads looking at the same film and then yep. you opening me up to some new shit. So it's not more of a 3.5 because it's like, yo, I didn't like this. This was trash. That part was trash. <laughs> It wasn't nothing like that. It's just like, fuck, I missed some shit. And it's like, maybe I didn't understand it. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, that's I mean, this, 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 this okay, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, this, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's wild. It's wild. But you opened me up to some new shit today, man. I, I learned something today. I learned something. Yeah, today. man. I mean, like I said, man, it's just, that's one of those movies that, the the your your perspective makes the movie really what it is. You know, you can you can watch the movie and you can take it for everything that's you you know so everything that's being shown, or you can really watch the movie and you can kind of piece together everything as you're watching it and be like, hey, I I, I think this is what happened. So I mean, it's just it it's just one of those great psychological thrillers that you know what I'm saying you can watch and you can kind of get a a, a nice um. You know what I'm saying? A, a nice little mental workout with. Um, real quick, man. I had to. Uh, I, I was. I was supposed to hit you up earlier today, uh, before we even did this, because uh, I was telling somebody at work to watch Annabella, <clears throat> and um, they end up watching it, and then uh, they end up going back and listening to our uh, our episode that we did on Annabella, and they was like, "Man, y'all hit the nail on the head with that shit, man. That shit." 
crazy, bro. He was like, man, I wish I had listened to that shit before I watched the movie. Cause he said at first I was watching it and they said I seen the end and I was like, man, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I said that shit was crazy, bro. So we got some good, you know, so we got some good reviews on one of, another episode. You know what I mean? That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I love to hear shit like that, man. I love to hear shit like that because it's like when 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 you're doing this type of stuff and whether you feel like you're doing a good job you think you are but it's also good to know that someone is telling you like yo y'all did it because even when it comes to play like you can have some shit where like i mean like like an outcry you know what i'm saying like outcry is like our highest listened to episode and it's like is it high because people just clicked on it or was it high because people listened to it and it's like, yo, that shit was so fire, I need to listen to it again. So, right. Like, yeah, man, that, like, it's, it's nice It's nice to get that feedback, man. And like, you read the, the five-star review that we got, like, I mean, very appreciative and like, I'm going to keep coming in here putting forth my top effort, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you never, you never, you never know. Like you never know when the right person is listening. You never know if it's somebody that in the film the way that we are and love listening to film podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, like I want to be able to do something where, hopefully, it's a situation where, like, what I don't do <laughs> with the rewatchables. Like I, I, I look at the movie, and it's, yeah. if it's not a movie, I'm not really rock, rocking with. I don't listen. So yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll pick a good movies. And even if it's a situation where somebody is just like listening to support and they're like, oh, well, I never seen this movie. Let's see if this enticed me to watch it. Because that's another reason yep. why, you know, I get so in depth with some of these movies because it's like, I feel what we're doing is a, a great movie. So it's like, if you never seen it, I'm trying to entice you to go see it. And I think our I think our conversation alone when we talk about these movies and when we break these movies down, I think that's something that, you know what I'm saying, people are gonna eventually hear and then they're gonna wanna watch the movie anyway, because it's not like we giving like this paid off uh super PC, you know what I mean, uh script scripted breakdown of the movie. We just talking about the movie from our perspective of what we seen what we like about the movie. And I mean, we just go in there from there. And, um, you know, like when, when you're getting somebody who can give you an honest opinion of a movie and and really talk about certain parts of the movie and, and movies that they really like, that really makes you want to go see another movie. I mean, like if you think about it, word of mouth is the best way to, you know, get any kind of promo or news or anything around. So for me, I felt like, when we telling people about these movies and we giving these movies off, it's going to make them want to go see it. I mean, even when we get to the point to where we do our five worst movies of all time, I think that people are going to even want to take a look at those. Like, why would they say that these are the worst movies of all time? And then they're going to check them out and then they'll realize like either it is, or maybe they found a movie that they, you know, fall in love with. So, I mean, it's just the opportunity to, you know, to basically talk to people and then, you know, I mean, talk amongst people, even though we're not talking to them, 
but just giving them our views and our opinions and our versions of these movies that, you know what I'm saying, people love to see or people might want to see. Yeah, man. And then also, like, giving it to them, like, raw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I remember... Dude, I did when I did that Halloween episode when I when I broke down the whole Halloween franchise. Like when you listen to just, I was about to say generic. I don't want to call them generic, but if you just listen to somebody just breaking down the film and they just want to go, you know, break it down to break it down. Like, dude, I said when I was talking about Halloween one, like the one that came out in 1978. Yeah, I said, man, my my one dude at the beginning of the movie made you want to smash and dash Judith, man. Like it, yeah, that's, what I'm saying. that's that's real. That's real commentary right there. That's what people want to hear. We know that that's what the hell went down, and people want to yeah. hear shit like that. Yeah, it's like, dude, the dude, my man, my man, kissing up on Judas downstairs, and then he's like, "Yo, let's go upstairs, go upstairs," and, and then I try to get the draws, man. Dude, got the draw, dude, and then quickest nut I ever seen in my life. Like this motherfucker hey, was upstairs. He's a, he's a genius. <laughs> hey. He was upstairs, I know, dude, for like two minutes. Not even two minutes. Hey, he got his. He got his. And then she's like, you gonna call me tomorrow? He's like, uh, yeah. Like, I, I got you tomorrow. Hey, I'm giving, think, you, I'm man, giving you the was, real. He was still feeling good. He couldn't think, man. <laughs> not even when he wouldn't think. He was like, look, I came over here, bro. I came over yeah. here smashing. I'm dashing. Yeah, sir. Yeah, man. But I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. Like when you get when you get that kind of when you get that kind of stuff when it's real and then you know what I'm saying it's relatable. I think that people people like to hear that and people love you know what I'm saying fucking with that and it don't never be an issue. So I mean, I think later on down the line, man, the more and more we do this, the more you know people are gonna fuck with it. We have a nice catalog for them to go back and listen to by that time, and you know, it, I think we got a lot more in the in the uh, chamber for them, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, man. Now we're doing our first. Uh, so the, the the next episode is gonna be. I was I was about to reveal something I probably shouldn't reveal, but like, <laughs> it's 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 another one of those different ones, man. Uh, I guess I can yeah. say this. I guess I can say it's an appreciation. It's an appreciation episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. We we got we got some flowers to give. Uh, one of the one of the to me one of the greatest directors of our time. Um, he's put in a lot of work. He's made some great great work. Um, he's brought you some thought, thought-provoking movies. He's brought you some of. Um, he brought you one of probably the best superhero movies in a long time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude, man, he is well-rounded. He's and he's another guy who uses. You know, if, if you watch enough of his movies, you'll mm-hmm. see some of the reoccurring people. And yep. um, you know, this this dude, man. We we've actually done something that you know he, he's done. Well, actually, three things. No, four, yeah. four. Yeah, we've done four things that this dude has done. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, we are a huge fan of this this guy, man. It's like you said, it's going to be some flowers to be given out to. Um, I think that he is. I mean, his his footprint in the game, man, is 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 very. I mean, I don't know if he already got like a a, a star on the on the what they call that shit, the the Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame. He probably do. Yeah, like this dude, this dude. Okay, I give it to you like this. I give it to you like this. This motherfucker got five Oscar nominations, one hundred and thirty-seven 
And he got, <laughs> he got 137 wins and 223 nominations. I'll leave that shit. Wow. Yeah, that's that's fire, man. So y'all keep an ear out for that one, man. That'll be our next episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. You know what I'm saying? We I, I wanted to do it a little bit different. I didn't want to go through a whole complete breakthrough of the movie. I wanted to kind of just have a little discussion about the movie because I felt like it was so many different things to talk about with this movie. And um, one of the biggest things about it was mental health, of course, but just the fact that, you know what I'm saying, the plot twist really was something that could garner a real large conversation. And that's what I tried to do on this episode. Hopefully it was done uh, to you guys' liking. But you know what I'm saying? Um, make sure you guys keep hitting us with those um, ratings. Make sure you guys keep hitting us with those comments. You know what I'm saying? Every time we get one, man, we're going to do our best to read them on the podcast. Um, once again, shout out to Art Grown. Thank you very much for the rating and the comment, man. We definitely appreciate it. Um, uh, real quick, man, uh, follow me on Twitter at Scoos Bronson. You can follow me on Instagram, Scoos Bronson underscore TV. You can follow me on YouTube, Scoos Bronson TV. Um, 15 Minutes of Fame got a dope episode coming up very soon. Just working out the uh, date. And um, check me out every Thursday at 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, uh, Spreaker.com slash Isolated Society. You can check me out, listen to me live. Um, or if you can't make it uh, that Thursday night, you can always go back. I'm going to listen to the replay. It's available on all podcast platforms. So, you know what I'm saying? Check me out and um, go listen to the episode of 28 Minutes or Less I just did with my guy, Esdai Foster, man. We just did um, a breakdown of music through the decades, and it was uh, it was fun as hell, man. I ain't going to lie to you. It was probably one of the best podcast episodes I did this year. That's what's up, man. And uh, and th- when he's talking about uh, the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, it's up, ready to li- be listened to, man. Uh, also, shout out to the big homie Casey for jumping on the episode with us. And that was just part one. Like, we still got to go um, 90s up to present. So be on the lookout for that. That's another thing where you just got to get the dates together and all that type stuff. So um, that's on all major platforms. Also, check out the Stolen Time podcast. About to be recording one. Um, it's going to be, um, you gave me a, a great idea for a title and you don't even know you did. So we oh, yeah. got for the title of the, of the next episode of the Stolen Time podcast. So, uh, okay. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but you can also follow the Stolen Time podcast page on, on Facebook, Stolen Time pod on Instagram, Foster 8 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, also check out the VA podcast watch group page. That's on yep. um, on um, Facebook. Yep. So please send an invitation if you want to join the group or at least like the group. Every all the links are there to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like and like you always say, we get we get it up to a hundred. We gonna we got some some other things that we got in the cuff. So you yeah, know we gonna start off really, with live that, watch parties. Yeah, that's really that's really based on y'all. Like, you know, we get the numbers up. We're going to start putting polls up yeah. um, as far as like, hey, would y'all rather hear this or hear this type of thing? So this is that's more of a put it this way. We we'll, we will get more fan inclusive. more fan Yeah, we're going to get a lot more interactive. 
a lot more interactive. That's a fact. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of that is really dependent on y'all. So, and also, man, I appreciate what was the name? Art what? Art grown. Art grown, man. Appreciate the uh, the uh, the love on the five star. I appreciate that. It's like to to get acknowledged, man, and, and to actually leave a comment. Man, feel good. That's, that's, that feel that's feel real good, man. So, you know, and look. Now nah, I was gonna say something. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. But appreciate appreciate everybody for listening, man. I, <laughs> I, love, I love the support. And we just gonna we gonna keep giving it to you, man. Cause like I say, you never know which one is gonna catch. Like we we just trying to give y'all the best yeah. shit that we got. You know what I'm saying? My man is over here struggling the last two days. He's been working <laughs> I can't time read, with these pies. Hey man, I appreciate you, man. Like you could you could have you could have you could have hit me yesterday and like, yo, I'm sorry yeah, I can't man. come through. The show you know must go on. The show yeah, must man. go on. So you know. For you to you to be putting in this work, not feeling well, but man, I'm gonna get you off here so you can take that Sudafed and get your rest, man. For sure, man. Oh, last last but not least, man, y'all go check out uh, my little cousins, man. We go high. We is spelled in French. O U I. We go high, man. They got a new joint today. That, uh, well, it ain't a new joint, but they just put it out um, not too long ago. It's called Hottest in the City. Go check them on all DSPs. That's uh, digital streaming platforms. If you got Amazon or Tidal or any any music platform, man, go check them out. Go stream all their music. Uh, go support them, please, man, because they always show us love. They always uh, sharing our content on their page. Anytime we post something up, they always sharing it. So thank them. Uh, well, we thank them. And um, I just figured, you know, send a shout out is just something that would be nice for them. Um, and, man, with that said, y'all already know, man, like they said, Hollywood, it's a wrap. Cut.